From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Well, Bud, welcome back. You uh, had a week off last week, and not necessarily by choice, but we're sure (laughs) glad to have you back. Well, it was uh, unfortunate. Uh, I had to take care of some medical stuff. I actually, um, I'll tell the the story real quick. Um, So I was sitting at the city council meeting last Monday, uh, to testify on the city budget. And I've been experiencing some different things throughout the year and and kind of had a, I'll call it an episode where I had it, it acted up or flared up. And so I left. I sent my, I sent an email to the city council as I was leaving the building and uh, ended up going to the emergency room that night and had uh, surgery. I had to have my gallbladder removed. So um, it was causing some extreme issues in my stomach. And so uh, we had to get those fixed. So um, I am on the mend. I'm back. Uh, last week, while you guys were recording the uh, podcast, I was asleep. It was the day after I got out of the hospital, and um, I pretty much slept all day. But uh, appreciate you and former Councilman Richard McGinnis uh, taking some time. Uh, I thought Richard did a nice job talking a little bit about the city budget. He's got some good intimate knowledge. Um, he was part of the, the budget that was developed a year ago. And uh, which was the biennium budget. Yeah. So this was the budget he helped create. Yeah, he helped create that budget. And also, you'll remember before he left office, he offered that amendment or that resolution, I guess, to say, hey, we're just going to take what we budgeted for. Um, and of course, the the his peers on the council voted that down. And then um, earlier this week, the city council decided that, you know, your hard earned money and mine is uh, better in their hands than than ours. So, um, you know, they Basically, they're about $16 million over what they're spending in the current year for next year. So um, I appreciate him doing that. I kind of, and I appreciate his perspective just on the general business climate with all the things they do in commercial real estate. Yeah, it, I found that to be extremely interesting and in how much work goes in to developing these projects and, and all that happens that. You know, that's the sausage that's made before a building yeah. gets built. Or You don't uh, just and, show up with a backhoe and <laughs> dig a hole and then pour some concrete and you got a building. So, Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so. well, and I also I want to, um, you know, back to the reason that I was gone last week. I just, I have to tell you, um, I was over at Brian East and the care that I received was just amazing. From the minute we walked in the emergency room door to the minute pushed me in a wheelchair out the front door, <laughs> went in the back door and out the front door. So, um, but, but the care over there was just amazing. And every person I'd encountered was awesome. So I just want to thank them and, uh, let them know that they did a good job. I'm sure that not many people in administration over there get phone calls when people had a great experience. So I actually emailed a friend of mine and said, Hey, I just wanted you to know, you don't get these emails very often, but, uh, it was a great experience. I appreciate them and all they did. And, you know, now onward to the road to recovery. And I will uh, give you my wife's email, and you can send her a note because she is that's vice right. president of patient care at Brian. Oh, that's right. I'll have to do that. Or you can, better yet, you can have her listen to the Lincoln Business Beat, and she could share it with all her friends. Uh, there you go. There you go. Will do. Uh, 
we haven't done it for a month or so, uh, the new members. We always like to give a shout-out to new LIBA members. Uh, and I will also, in full disclosure, let you know that uh, my personal company, Vale Consulting, uh, it just filled out the, uh, the, the form uh, to return my dues for another year as as a member of LIBA. So we are happy to have you. So yeah, and I, I missed I, another I lunch I this have month. A discount because I'm doing this with you. But <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Um. Well, and I missed another LIBA lunch, unfortunately. Too. Yes, you did Tuesday so, last week. But um. So uh, some new members we've had join this month. Cash Campus Cash with uh, Marty Svoboda over there is. Uh, gotten involved, and we put a put an article in into their publication. Uh, script- Marty is a, an alum here of uh, KLIN and Broadcast House. So I forgot that. Wow, we're very familiar with Marty. Very good. Well, it's good to have him involved. Uh, scripture and Science Incorporated. William Jackson. Uh, he uh, is a new member. Uh, Connecty IMS with uh, and Ty Westover and Ty. Um, I love Ty because wherever he goes, there he's bringing along a LIBA member. So uh, we appreciate having Ty continue to be involved. Edward Jones, Brian Stork, uh, Culture Index, and Randy Ralston. And then also Doors Plus, Cameron Hall. And uh, Cam Cameron, just you might recall, ran for county board. And uh, he's been with uh, New Haven Builders and Constructive Enterprises or his family businesses. They bought a new business, Doors Plus, and one of the first things he did his first uh, week or so was he came by the LIBA office and, and dropped off a check. So um, we appreciate uh, those folks that see the value in LIBA, whether it's starting a new company or if they join a new company. So we're excited to have all those folks with us. Glad to have you in LIBA. And, of course, you know, we'll give you the, the shout-out right there. Absolutely. Uh, some big news in the past week. This has been one of the busier news weeks that I can recall since I've been doing it here at uh, Broadcast House. But a lot of uh, information dropped in the last week. Uh, started with an announcement a week ago, uh, new location for a prison. We had the, the SCC budget approval, the city's budget adjustment. Let's talk a little bit about the departure of the president of the university. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, and there's a new data center coming to Lincoln. I mean, we're all surprised that, at who it was. So that, that three, yeah. I mean, it's so big news. But one of the so biggest, much for the dog days of summer, I guess, right? Yeah, and oh, the other big news item. Uh, we've just gone through one of the uh, not the longest, but a fairly significant heat uh, wave. Oh my gosh! Oh, and don't forget the new baseball softball complex had their groundbreaking this yeah, week. Yeah, that's you know what. Now, we're up to five or six major, major things. Goodness and, gracious! And we're waiting on three hundred thousand people to come in this weekend for the uh, Guardians of Freedom Air Show. So, and then next week we've got volleyball day in Nebraska, and then I mean, and then we're off into Labor Day. Can and you believe it? First football game. Yeah. First football game on in Minnesota next uh, Thursday night too. Oh, wow, lots going on. It is. Let's talk about one that uh, has got some people riled up, and we're not getting a lot of information about the the process that went up to it. I'm sure we will as as we go forward. But that was the announcement by the state, uh, by the corrections department, and the governor on the location of a new prison uh, location, the current state penitentiary. Just you know, it's outlived its useful life. They've got a lot of problems. It needs to be decommissioned. 
but 112th and Adams uh, state has bought 305 acres more or less for that 112th and Adams and it made a big splash it it did make a big splash and um it was one of those announcements that uh, I don't know that anyone was expecting that announcement to be made right I mean it just kind of came out of the blue what about a week ago Friday or something like that um but that was that was one that I think just caught people a little by surprise. They weren't uh, aware of what was happening, and so um, it's quite a facility, um, or at least the the initial things that we see. It's gonna in today's dollars, it's three hundred sixty six million dollars. But I think Governor Pillen and the announcement said that could be subject to change just simply because of inflation and, and those kind of things. We know construction costs are. Continue to increase, so um, it's a big facility, and it's moving from one side of town to the next, and into an area that uh, was designated by the county and the city as a growth zone. I don't think that's anything official, but that was kind of the growth area. And some people there are concerned that something a facility like this could could hinder that that type of uh, growth going forward. But I'm not sure that that is entirely. Uh, if you can actually make that case when you look at uh, other facilities. Uh, well, I mean, take the Nebraska State Penitentiary. It was there long before that part of Lincoln was developed. Well, I think when that facility was built, you could argue you could argue that that was out in the country. It was outside the city limits. It was out there. It was outside, uh, if you will, eventually yeah. the Beltway, the south side of Lincoln with yeah. Highway 2. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of development north of there, south of there, east of there, west of there, uh, in every direction. And in, 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 in a lot of, I mean, <laughs> in miles and miles of development on multiple sides of it. So um, that's, one of the, that's one of the concerns. I understand uh, when people raise that concern. But, you know, we've seen, we've seen development around the current prison. And, you know, a couple of arguments have been, well, they're building it, you know, about a half or a mile from a school. Um, but when you look at some of the schools that are down in the area of the current one, um, the school district actually chose the sites they built those schools, and they were in close proximity to the prison. And so, um, you know, we've seen a lot of housing development. We've seen commercial development. We've seen industrial development all within a mile to two mile radius of the current facility. Um, if you think of the current facility, uh, it's at 14th and Nebraska Parkway. I'm still training myself to use the right <laughs> name. But if you go south on 14th Street, you go one, two, three, four miles, the development has just continued to go. You go east of there, it's continued to go. It, you go west, there's been some development to the west you go to the north i mean there's there's all kinds of development that's happened in those areas and so um i understand that that people are are frustrated and they're looking for some answers on some issues i'm just not convinced that it's going to stall development i think a key in my mind a key to development on the east side of lincoln from you know cornusker highway to highway two is going to be that east beltway and we've talked about that here on the Lincoln Business Beat quite extensively. I think if we get that East Beltway going and built, I think it will drive development that way as well. And so we've seen development 
and development's going to happen. And there's, you know, at some point, um, there, there's only certain directions you can grow. But I do think that there's good potential, especially in that northeast quadrant. I made the point in a discussion that I thought that the prison being there, assuming it's going to be there uh, for the sake of this discussion. I wouldn't bet against it right now. Uh, that that could actually spur and, and increase the chance of getting an east beltway quicker. Because as we've talked about many, many times, workforce and workforce development issues, uh, the prison, uh, the, the new prisons, there's going to have to be uh, quite a few people hired. I mean, you've got about 500 from the, the numbers I've heard uh, that live in the Lincoln area. They'll be able to transfer without having to move. But we're going to have to look also to West Omaha and Omaha for other employees as mm-hmm. well. So I would think that this location could very well uh, make a case for uh, an East Beltway sooner, quicker, and just because of that. Trust me, I'm going to, when we talk about the East Beltway, I'm going to use any talking point I can. And I think that's, you know, I think that's really a good talking. I mean, that's a good point you make, Mark, because they're going to need roughly a thousand employees and they've got somewhere in that five to 600 range right now. I mean, if you move that outside of Lincoln, if you move it to Omaha, you move it to Grand Island, you're not going to have five to 600 employees in place on day one that are already trained and ready to go. And so I, I do think that workforce is, is a big issue. And we've been talking about that issue on this podcast. I mean, we've probably done about 60 episodes and we probably talked on it about 55 out of 60 at least, if not more. So, Well, and I think it, it really comes home, this issue comes home because I read uh, that the Tecumseh prison, uh, which they have have had a lot of workforce issues. They're busing like 80 employees a day out of the Omaha area just to staff that. Which is an additional cost, right? I mean, Absolutely. And it's an inconvenience for, for employees. I mean, that's a, probably close to an hour bus ride each way. And, and so you work an eight or 10 hour shift and you got a two hour commute that that's half your day, so, you know? So um, I, I think you have to take into consideration and not just the infrastructure of the prison structure, but that that workforce uh, infrastructure that's already in place and ready to go to work if you're here in the Lincoln area. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. You've got to, you know, like I said, if you have five to 600 employees already that are trained and ready, I mean, ready to go on day one, that makes a big difference than if you have to start over, and, that, and which is potential when you look at moving outside of i'll say lancaster county because technically this is outside the city but you know you start moving it too far away from your current workforce and i think you're going to lose some some workforce uh as well because uh you know there are people that aren't going to want to commute we're not getting a lot of information from public officials on on what all went into this decision i'm sure we'll find out more in the near future but i had the chance to uh, talk one-on-one with governor pillen on wednesday morning i asked him about it and, and in his comment, he did say that they had multiple conversations or multiple uh, communications with the city. And then, of course, when the announcement was made, the city had, I guess, turned them down for selling some city land. Um, I think that had to be one of the considerations that went into this ultimate decision. Um, and I think you've heard similar situations uh, anecdotally. Yeah, I think I, I would agree exactly. And, you know, the interesting thing... So I have a crazy idea, and I'm going to bring it up right here, Mark, and I'm this wasn't on our script, so I don't want to catch you too far off guard, but I have a crazy idea because I want it on record, <laughs> because if this were to happen, 
I would look smarter than I normally would. <laughs> so um, we're shutting down the prison at 14th and Highway, Nebraska Parkway. It'll be the, the word that I've heard. It's going to be decommissioned. Yes. So if we're going to decommission that prison, I have this crazy thought that maybe we should take and sell that land to the United States government so that they can move their main post office from downtown Lincoln to 14th and Nebraska Parkway, which has good access to highways, roads, everything you need. And then the city of Lincoln can build a convention center in the old downtown post office area. And if you'll recall, right, kind of catty corner from the current penitentiary is a post office at 13th and Calvert. And maybe by the time they get that new post office built in this new spot where the old penitentiary used to be, we can take that old post office area at 13th and Calvert and develop it into maybe some office space, some commercial space. So I just want to put that on record. I know that's never going to happen. Um, I, I mentioned it to one person, and I won't tell you who it was. And they said, well, that would be efficient and make sense. And I said, well, then that means it won't happen because government's involved. So, But but I think there might be some, some things that we can think about um, creatively like that, which is a win for the state. It's a win for the people. It's a win for the city. And it helps us in a growth mindset. So just crazy ideas, Mark. You know, I'm full of that. And other things. Well, I knew there was reason I liked being uh, working with you, and, and that is high on the list. <laughs> but I'm full of it. So, um, but I mean, we'll continue to watch this. Um, we're hoping that maybe we can get some folks on to come in and talk about the process well, and we, we what happened. We, were, we thought we were going to be able to do a deep dive on it, uh, and and ran into some snags today. Yeah. So, so I, I think we're going to keep pursuing that because we want to try to inform the people and provide information to people. So it, uh, at the end of the day, the, the legislature appropriated the final 96, roughly $96 million for it. Um, it's going to be 20% bigger than the current prison, which I think they need to, they need to grow anyway, because they're at beyond capacity at this point, And we'll, We'll see where it is, and I'm honest to God, I'm glad to see those employees are going to stay here in Lancaster County. And they're also going to have better rehab uh, facilities, and, and the, I mean, the structure is just going to include better ways of dealing with rehabilitation, too, for prisoners. Absolutely. So, our deep dive coming up, and it's one that we've done a deep dive on a couple of times, uh, but it looks like we have a final decision on the budget adjustments or the budget requests, the tax money request, I don't care what you call it, property tax uh, levy from Southeast Community College. Well, they, they voted at their meeting here in August uh, on what they want to set the levy at. Um, they still have a little bit of process to go through, but I thought it'd be good since we've talked about this a little bit and there's been some changes that we can go in and um, have a little bit more of a discussion on the SCC budget. We'll do that next. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness. And now you can have an immediate impact on the success of the program. The 1890 Initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska has always been a leader in college athletics, so let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Back in the 
Lincoln Business Beat with LEPA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, Mark Braille. Our deep dive, South, uh, Southeast Community College. Uh, they've announced their budget changes. The uh, uh, Board of Governors met. We talked about the proposal that was initially put out. Uh, Dr. Illich was a guest here a few episodes ago. He spoke to the LEPA luncheon in August and outlined some of the, the programs that they have. But what's the final? Uh, you're so good with spreadsheets and numbers. Uh, I didn't even where, bring a spreadsheet today, Mark. That's almost scary that so, I know they're... Where, where do we end up on this? Because this is the last, uh, as I understand it, the last time that Southeast Community College will be funded by S, uh, by property taxes, correct? Correct. So just uh, to remind everybody with the background, so last session the legislature created the Community College Futures Fund, which means starting in the twenty four twenty five budget year, that futures fund is what's going to be funding the uh, general fund budget for the community colleges. The community colleges will still have the ability to levy two cents per hundred dollars evaluation for capital projects. Um, but the general fund day to day operations, think of it, is going to be funded by the state of Nebraska. And so the baseline of what the community colleges are going to get from the futures fund through the general fund or through the legislature or the state is going to be based on what they set their budget at in 2324 which is the budget process that SCC and other community colleges around the state are in the process of doing the initial proposal that came out was to maximize um, the levy this time to set that base as high as it could be got some pushback correct there was okay so the Community college, for their general fund, can va- can assess property taxes, their levy rate, at 9.25 cents per $100 evaluation. And then they have, again, remember I mentioned that two cents for capital. So 11 and a quarter is their max budget, or their maximum levy. They are, Southeast is maxed on the capital, um, which is two cents, which means... Um, they had about seven and a half cents was their uh, their levy on the general fund. They were going to raise that up to nine and a quarter, so they were going to raise it up almost two cents uh, per hundred dollars evaluation in order to set that baseline. And and one of the things that we had talked about, um, and you know, Doctor Illich alluded to it on the podcast. There's been conversations. I can't tell you how many conversations I've been in about this, where. They were taking the twenty million because they wanted to max that out so that they could get to the point where they you know, for growth and things like that. And I think that's where the pushback really came. So we've seen Southeast Community College serves fifteen counties, basically from York County south to the Kansas border and east to the Iowa border is essentially their district. So doesn't have Sarpy and Sarpy County out east, but it has Cass County and all the way down to Richardson County and everything in between. And obviously Lincoln and Lancaster Falls in that. Um, but in those 15 counties, they were looking at an average property valuation increase of 15%. And they were saying it was going to increase the property tax you pay to Southeast Community College by 40%. That's a pretty steep deal. You know, and we've talked about different political subdivisions and their um, and their levies and those kind of things. And so, there's been a lot of pushback. They had some town halls. 
Um, they've decided that instead of going to nine and a quarter cents per hundred dollars evaluation for their general fund, they're going to drop it down to eight and a half cents per hundred dollars evaluation. But remember, eight and a half cents is still a penny above what they're already charging you. So your property taxes not only are going to go up, but they're going to go up more than they normally would if they'd have just left the levy rate the same. Now, if you understand all of that, I would just use the old phrase, is this clear as mud at this point? Because <laughs> that's kind of the deal, right? I mean, and the, the information that came out from SCC this week was, well, we're lowering the levy that we wanted to charge is the other, that, like that's the next, what, four or five words in that sentence. And instead of collecting $20 million that they don't need today, they're only going to collect about $14 million that they don't need today. So there's still a process that Southeast has to go through. This isn't their final budget. Um, they still have to have, I we call them the pink card meetings from the truth and yeah, taxation we've law. We've talked about that. Uh, which we've talked about. Senator Linehan talked about it. Uh, Dr. Illich talked about it. So... They still have to have that meeting, which is actually going to be on September 19th at 6.30 p.m. at the City County Building. Um, they have to come out. They have to explain why they're doing, and then they have to hold a public hearing, and they have to allow the public to speak. So if you have an opinion on that as a taxpayer in one of those 15 counties, I highly recommend you come to Lincoln for that meeting. Um, the and, and this is one of those things with the truth in taxation pink card law that Senator Hansen posted, you know, are the people in Fall City going to be able to get up to Lincoln that day? I don't know. Because the meeting just has to happen in the county where the subdivision is headquartered. And when you serve 15 counties, it's difficult. But think about if they had to do this in uh, someplace like Western Nebraska, where Western Nebraska Community College is based in Scotts Bluff, but they cover everything west of Highway 83. So Ogallala to Scotts Bluff is not a short drive. Valentine to Scotts Bluff is not a short drive. Valentine might be on Mid Plains, but regardless, you're looking at some areas where... So that might be something we need to talk to Senator Hansen about. Then following the pink card meeting, the political subdivision has to have a budget hearing where they open that meeting to the public I believe the September meeting of SCC is happening in Milford. And then after the budget hearing, they still have to pass their budget and set their levy. So there's still an opportunity for this to potentially be amended. Um, it will probably depend on who shows up and what they have to say, and they'll have to just take a look at it from there. Well, the process, uh, certainly the, the pink card thing is... A step in the right direction, in my opinion. Uh, but when, like you say, when you've got this large geography, maybe you need to have these in every uh, county seat. I would argue that that would make sense. Um, because in this situation, you know, and again, York is what, 45 minutes from Lincoln, 40 minutes from Lincoln. That's not a terrible drive. But if I get off work and I have to be here by 630 and I got to get my kids to soccer practice or football practice, you know, I mean, People have things going on, and it's a lot different than if I can drive down to 
my local courthouse and be there at 6.30. I probably need to leave my house at 6.15 in York. Instead, of, i got to leave at 5.30 so I can get to Lincoln, find the building, park, get there, wait for my turn, you know. Or leave at 4 from yeah. Falls City. Yeah, or leave at 4 from Falls City. So I think there's some, some things there. I guess the bottom line that I want our, our listeners to understand is Southeast Community College is raising your taxes. And it's important for us to know that, and it's important for us to step up and comment on that. They are taking essentially $14 million that they do not need today to create a slush fund or a windfall fund for them to use in the future. And I think it's important that people know that. Yeah, that $14 million, uh Originally, though, was $20 million. So, yeah. you know, by some measures, uh, that's a... Boy, it sounds like they use the talking points of the city of Lincoln. Or the We're Fed. only going to take $8 million instead of $14 million we could take. Or the but Fed. they're actually choosing to raise the levy, so... Or like the federal government, when anytime they say we're cutting your taxes, no, they're cutting the, the amount that they wanted to raise. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's important to pay attention to those things, I guess. That, at the end of the day, that's the... The message that I hope our listeners will take from that. Well, there you have it, the deep dive on the Southeast Community College budget process. It's, uh, you know, like Yogi, I think it was Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this one ain't over. 90% so. of the game is half mental. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have a podcast on yogiisms. Maybe I'll have to try to come up with some yogiisms and use it for everything we do in our podcast one of these days. Absolutely. Have a, we'll, we'll sign off with that. So, Well, uh, still a chance to get in there about your uh, let your thoughts be known. And uh, the, the city budget has been amended and approved by the council, so we can't really do anything on that. But remember, just remember how it happened. Yeah, that, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, this is what the people of Lincoln voted for. And if you've got questions about that city budget, if you didn't hear last uh, edition of Lincoln Business Beat, went into it deep with Richard McGinnis, former city councilman. So. Yeah. Hey, got got decisions are made by those who show up. You got to show up. Calendar. Well, uh, it's hard to believe we're about to turn the calendar over to September. September 1st, we're having our annual Leba Foundation golf outing. Um, and then in September, uh, I'm trying to remember the date. I want to say the 19th. Did I get that right, Mark? We're both struggling for our calendars right now. I think it's September 19th is our Leba luncheon. Um, did I hit that close? Mark's checking his calendar. Thank God he's got his calendar out for me. Um, and then September the uh, – uh, what is it? The 10th, we have our Leba business. 10th is a Sunday. So oh, no. So it would be the 14th. Would be our biznet. So, and then yes, the nineteenth is the Leba. Yep, nineteenth is the Leba lunch, and the twenty sixth is uh, coffee and contact. So, lots of good times to come and interact. And we're still working, but hopefully next week we'll have a big announcement on our speaker for the September luncheon. And of course, uh, we'll also have the tailgate coming up, and that is in that is on Saturday the twenty third over at From Nebraska Gift Shop, which is the Louisiana Tech game. We're still waiting for a kickoff time, so we haven't announced what time our tailgate will start, but that's always a fun tailgate to come by on your way to the, the uh, football game. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, email bud. At liba.org. And, of course, liba.org is also where you can find out all kinds of information. We'll do it again uh, next week. Yes, sir. I might, God willing, my plan's still to be here. Well, yeah, don't skip out again on last last minute. You know, these <laughs> ER trips are not... Uh, Those not, are not fun, but I'm thankful for great care. All right. 
You've been listening to the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890Nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes.